Welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts, a podcast brought to you by Sean Bloomgren and Andrew Penny from Central Iowa. On our show, we discuss all things agronomy, high-yield management, and give you real-time updates on what we're seeing and hearing in the field. We will also gain insight from industry professionals as we bring you relevant and timely information on current agronomic practices. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, Andrew and Scott, to a special edition of A Penny for Your Thoughts. Um, Andrew, why don't you go ahead and just kind of introduce the topic and our guest today. Yeah, so I, I thought we'd uh, do kind of a special episode, and uh, you know, with with the conditions we've had the last few years, you know, whether it's too dry or too wet, uh, you know, planting is the most important thing you will do all year, and so you know, making sure we do that right and making sure everything's set correctly is, is extremely important. So I thought we'd have uh, a special guest on, you know, from from John Deere, uh, Scott Meldrum, uh, is here to talk about you know what to look over in planters, you know, precision technology, um, just things to be looking for as you prep that planter for the 2023 growing season. So Scott, how you doing? Uh, doing good. I uh, thanks for having me on, guys. You bet. You bet. Excited to talk about, uh, you know, planters and, and what to be looking for. So yeah, appreciate you joining us, Scott. And uh, obviously, we're recording in Central Iowa, where where probably a lot of our local listeners have uh, have interacted with you, and, and certainly we have on the farm. But um, yeah, welcome to the show. I guess as Andrew said, um, you know, I guess we we have some questions for you. Um, but maybe just start with tell us a little bit about your role and kind of kind of your expertise in this area. Sure. So um, I, I work for Van Wall Equipment, um, John Deere dealer based out of Perry, Iowa. Um, I've been with Van Wall 13 years now. Um, started off in the in the as a precision specialist with Van Wall. Um, now I hold the the position of integrated solutions manager. So um, we've grown from three people in our precision department to over 15. Um, so I've grown with the technology and um, kind of. I guess, uh, uh, gravitated towards planters. Planters have been, uh, um, almost my passion. Um, while we're doing the technology side of things, I really have, uh, looked at, you know, a grower on average gets 40 chances to plant a crop. You know, some get more, some get less, but it's, it's 40 chances. And unlike some other operations on a farm, such as maybe tillage, um, you could, uh, just go, uh, over that part of the field again with planting the only way to correct a mistake is to totally tear that field up or <laughs> sacrifice one of your 40 chances so i really um take a big interest in making sure we do everything uh the best way possible so we only plant that once because we if we go in there and plant it a second time we're uh, we're using up those precious few days in the growing season so um best to do it right the first time and then uh, go on and nurture it for the rest of the season yeah, no, I, I really appreciate the the concept of only 40 times. I mean, I think that's been kind of at the root of the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast is just how do we think really well about each one of those opportunities? Because you're exactly right. I mean, we're, there's fewer and fewer of them every year. And, uh, you know, I think, I think the reason, Scott, we wanted to visit with you and kind of do this particular podcast is, as, as we think through the 2021 and 2022 growing season, um, both in very different ways prevent presented a lot of challenges just to making sure we placed seed well and accurately. And, um, so I guess 
let's just dive into that. Maybe at a high level, talk about your observations the, the last couple of years and then, and then maybe dive in and help us think well about getting our planners set up for the spring. Yeah. You know, last year, um, so it would have been the 2022 planting season, uh, you know, we were, we got into some dry conditions, but then we had some other areas that got into some really, uh, uh wetter conditions. And, um, I'll get phone calls of growers asking me how to set your planner. And, and I really kind of struggle with that because there's not a, a silver bullet. You know, you, um, uh, one of the things I always tell guys, you can't set the planner um, for the soil conditions from the tractor seat. You do have to get out. <laughs> we have to kneel in the dirt. We have to um, look at that seed trench uh, and, and setting a planter um, in field. I like to say it, it's an art. Because, you know, what my idea of a good seed trench might be slightly different from Andrew's or slightly different from your, Sean. So um, it is an art. So um, like any good artist, you you have to kind of develop your own style. But all right, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I say is a good seed trench, which is going to get my seed to to the proper depth um, and then close it properly. So it it is an art. Um, And that's one of the things I think I enjoy the most is, you know, uh, maybe uh, working with uh, growers in, in our trade area um, and, and showing them my art, I guess I want to say. And, you know, um, I've got kind of a unique analogy, which we could go into a little bit, but I liken a planter row unit basically to uh, to uh, uh, two hands making a snowball. And once you break it down that easy, we can then, uh, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense on if it's really dry, how to set a planter, or if it's a little on the wetter side, how to set a planter, because it's really counterintuitive to, I'm going to say logic. Um, but uh, when, when we start talking about snowball analogies, guys really get it. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I like it. Well, so I guess, I guess let's, let's maybe talk about, um, let's maybe talk about your observations as you're out there and, and, and maybe give us some guidelines for, for, for that art. What, what are the main considerations you're taking into account? So, you know, let's just kind of go to that snowball analogy. Okay. Think back to, you know, when we were, we were younger and we wanted to make a snowball. I mean, the, the winter of 2022, 23 here in Iowa, we've had some really wet snow, right? Mm -hmm. And we've had some really windblown light snow, right? So let's take that light snow, the one that, you know, we had here towards the end of January and try to make a snowball out of it when it was really, really cold. You had to really pack that pack that snow hard, right? Um, to get that snowball to stay together, right? So think about your gauge wheel and your opener on your planter as your two hands. And if that soil is really dry, you know, or, or sandy soil, you're actually gonna have to put down more downforce. All right. To push that, push that, get that soil to push against that opener and stay, keep your seed trench open. And conversely, if it's a, a little bit wetter, you're not going to put down as much downforce. You're not going to have to put as much effort to make that snowball. So that's counterintuitive. You know, if we're, uh, we, I, I've had growers, you know, until we've talked about this analogy, they'll think we'll, we'll have a discussion that it's, it's, uh, it, it's dry out there. I shouldn't put very much downforce down. Well, no, it's actually exactly the opposite. It's not worrying about penetrating and getting to depth. It's about pushing that soil grains together and getting your trench to stand. Cause I think one of the worst things we can do is plant, especially corn shallow. Yeah. Um, we plant it shallow or at uneven depths. That's the big thing. Uneven depths leads to uneven emergence, which 
then that plant's not going to go through its life cycle all at the same time. They're going to mature at different rates and that's going to affect yield big time. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up. You know, looking back historically, and, and, and again, this is one of the reasons we want to have, have an expert on, you know, if you look at 2021 and, and 2020, especially, man, were, were those, those were some dry planting years, right? Th- that spring was extremely dry. And, and I saw numerous situations where, you know, growers would go out and, and plant at that two and a quarter to two inches, but, but the soil was so dry that trench was collapsing. And, and so, you know, I think there was a fine line. You know, I, I did have some growers that that felt like they were putting so much downforce on on the planter that it was almost just lifting the planter up. So, how how do you find that that perfect medium? What 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 can you do when you're out checking or, or making sure you know how where that sweet spot is? So, yeah, you're you're exactly right on that, Andrew. You're um, on those years. I mean, I remember those two springs were have guys putting, you know, in excess of 300 pounds yeah, yep. of downforce down. And we're like, Oh my goodness, is that going to lift my planter out of the ground? Or um, that certainly can be the case um, more so probably in uh, hard compacted areas or in like a no-till situation in, in conventional till, we're not seeing that as much because we hopefully have prepared that, you know, that, uh, that seed bed down to, you know, that, that two, three inches, whatever their, their tillage practices are. But, um, how do we, how do we prepare that? I, what I tell guys is, you know, if I'm going out and starting a new planter, or if I'm being asked to come out and start, uh, you know, a, a planter first day in the field, this, maybe a planter that they've had for, for a couple of years, and they just want some guidance is get your end rows on. And when we get in the meat of the field, those first, you know, half a dozen rounds, are not going to be highly productive because I'm going to ask them to stop several times, you know, because even let's say an 80 acre field across that field, we may have several different soil types. I like to oh, yeah. just, I like to uh, trust, but verify, you yep. know, I'm going to, I'm going to get out. I'm going to check that thing. You know, um, you know, traditionally if, if guys are going to ask me where I'm going to start at, I'm going to tell them, let's start at 135 pounds. Okay. Let's, let's start there pretty decent number that'll work you know maybe some guys go 150 maybe some guys go 125 but 135 140 pounds of down for us that's a pretty decent starting point um but then let's pull across and let's stop with that planter in the ground okay and then i'm gonna walk down along there and i'm gonna i'm just gonna grab gauge wheels i'm gonna try to turn them yeah okay because you should be able to you should be able to pick those up correct me if i'm wrong i'm I'm no planter expert but right is that correct really don't want to we don't want to be able to pick them up because if you pick them up, you probably don't have enough weight. Okay. Cause they're carrying the weight. If you think about it, they're carrying the weight of that row unit. All right. And we're pushing and how it all works is that downforce, whether it be an airbag or hydraulic downforce is going to push down and that's going to transfer through those gauge wheels. Cause that's, what's also setting your depth. So we, we want to turn, you'll reach over and you want to be able to turn them with a little bit of effort, but not where you have to put your full weight behind it. So, you know, if you have to exert a lot of effort to turn that over, you're probably got a little too much downforce. Conversely, if you grab a hold of that and you, you go to push to spin that gauge wheel over and you about fall into the row unit, you probably don't have enough. <laughs> yep. Um, and the other thing is, is that planter is, you know, anywhere between 20, 60, 90, maybe even 120 foot wide. Check probably three or four places across that planter because as those planters get bigger, you know, on the left-hand side of the planter, you may have uh, have the right amount of downforce, but maybe in the middle, it's a little less and across. So just check it. And that's where you got to kind of uh, decide what looks the best. And 
once you get that, what we call the gauge wheel spin test done and we determine, yeah, okay, we're in the ballpark, right? So it's not too hard to spin them over. They're not real easy where they're kind of just right. Maybe that's when you get down your hands and knees and you can look down between those gauge wheels and the closing wheels and you need to be able to see a trench, right? Yeah, you need yeah. to be able to see that trench. Yep. Okay. Now that's when I get the pocket knife out. And, uh, again, I'm doing this several times across that planner. You know, I'm going to reach in there. And the first thing I'm going to do is I'm just going to take the tip of my top pocket knife and I'm going to touch that, that seed trench, that trench wall. And if I just touch it and it falls in, okay, that means that any little, any little thing is going to cause that thing to fall in. I need some more downforce. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> now, if I, if I poke it and it stands there, okay, I'm probably okay. But do I have too much downforce? Typically, usually isn't the case when we're really, really dry. But when it's wetter, I like to scratch a line in that, you know. Now, if I scratch a line in it and I'm like I'm like at the beach and it's it's drawing the line in the wet sand, I may have a little bit too much. I may be leading the sidewall compaction, which then is going to hinder root development. But yeah. if I can scratch along that and it, it 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 falls in with with a little bit of effort, then I think we're we're where we need to be. Do, okay. Do those do those gauge wheels ever need replacement? You know, is is there a set number of number of acres that, that you'll start seeing wear and tear? You know, I, I like, I don't want to, I don't like to put an acre number on it. Um, it's basically, it's going to be a visual, um, you know, a no-till situation where we're maybe soybeans are hard <laughs> on gauge wheels, just like they're hard on tires. Those little stubbles in no-till situations are hard on, on gauge wheels. They are, they are in essence a rubber tire. Okay. So yes, um, they, it just depends. Are you running right on the row, right off the row, you know, type of thing. If you're, if you're putting a gauge wheel right on an old row on the no-till situation, um, we may be, uh, we may be shortening those life, that life of those. Um, the main thing to, I think, uh, extending gauge wheel life is keep them adjusted. Okay. Um, if you look at pretty much any, any planter out there, there's, there's some gauge wheel adjustment, which, uh, you know, basically you adjust them in so they're 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 rubbing on your openers. Um, they're not hindering your row, row your uh, opener from from spinning. Um, I like to say if I, I had the planter raised and I picked that gauge wheel, if I lift up on it and I drop it, it's going to go down slowly. It's not just going to free fall down. So it's yep. rubbing against that that opener um, serves a couple of purposes. It's probably maybe the initial kind of scraper, keeping that opener clean from things sticking to it. Um, you, know, you know, you have the option of running uh, internal scrapers, but um, if we have a gap or a loose fitting gauge wheel, it can allow residue. It can allow, cor I've seen corn stalks get stuck, get stuck between the gauge wheel and a, uh, and an opener, and it's going to stop one of them from spinning um, or who knows what. So we keep them in there to kind of keep that residue out and, uh, and, and then it's acting like those two pair of hands that are they're in close proximity can uh, push together to make that snowball and make our seed trench. Yep. As we continue to talk about that, you know, another major part of, of the planter row unit is, is those disc openers. Run us through what you're looking for when you're looking for wear and tear, when those might need replacement, um, what to look for, you know, if you get a wobbly disc opener, you know, all, all the things that, that, per, that pertain to that disc opener. Sure. Sure. You know, um, I think, uh, you know, vast majority of the planters out there, it's it's a double disc opener. So it's basically what's called uh, in the John Deere world, a true V. OK, so they're running through the running through the soil at a slight angle. So they come together to create that trench. Um, they start out in the John Deere world at 15 inches. 
okay? 14 and a quarter, you down below 14 and a quarter, you can't adjust them in anymore. Um, I always like to say, if you look at a brand new disc opener, it's got a bevel on it. And once you, the bevel is worn away, you're, you're down to that under 14 and a half. You know, you're getting down there 14 and a quarter. It's time to replace those. Um, you talked about wobbly discs. Those, that's probably about the worst. That means the bearing in there is shot and you're not, it's not consistent. Maintain that consistent true V. It's going to wobble back and forth going through the field. Um, bad bearings, you know, is, is nothing to, nothing that we like to see in the agricultural world. Absolutely you know, not. Uh, you know, you have a, you have one bad one on a 24 row planter or, or, you know, that's, that's going to cause that entire row to uh, not be placed optimally. So um, the, the big thing is, is, you know, quick glance, you can look at the, uh, am I seeing that bevel on that, on that edge? Um, but the other one is, is uh, if, if anybody's uh, been around uh, or, or adjusted openers, um, it's the business card, you know, the business card measurement. Okay. How you do that is take two business cards. You slide one between the, the openers from the top. You slide the other between the openers from the bottom. And it should be, you know, they'll go in there and they'll stop because those openers actually come together yep. out there on that leading edge. And it should be no more than two inches between business cards, right? If it's more, if it's less than that, we need to adjust those in, you know, because they're, they're actually worn and they're apart. They've gotten smaller in diameter. So you're going to take that off and there should be some spacer washers in there. Um if it's greater than that two inches, we may need, we may be pushing those things together too tight and it's going to, they're going to struggle to turn. Right. Oh. So that's, that's the big one is the, is the business card method is uh, uh that's, it, that is actually in uh, uh, maybe a little more formal uh, instruction. <laughs> that's actually in the, in the, in the adjustment manual is uh, kind of that, that whole procedure. We, we, uh, we don't usually include video with our podcast, but I'm almost thinking we need an infield uh, infield video this spring. We'll get we'll get Scott out and actually uh, <laughs> have him go through the whole process for us. So, um, no, that's that's really good. And I, I I think when you talk about the consistency too and checking multiple rows, I mean, obviously, as as you said earlier, we want seed placed at a consistent depth, um, and we want that consistent across you know certainly in each row, but but across all all row units as well. Um, to ensure that corn has corn or soybeans has the best possible conditions. Talk a little bit um, about, I, I, I know agronomists have differing opinions, but talk about when you're measuring seed depth or trench depth, um, what, what do you like to see? So obviously we want consistency of the trench, um, but talk a little bit about that trench depth. You know, that's one of the things that, you know, on the, from the equipment side of things, um, I'm going on an agronomist recommendation or that grower's recommendation. All right, where do you want it at? You tell me where you want it, and I'll put it there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, the main thing is is uniform. You know, across the planter, that's the main thing. You know, I, I've uh, I've had guys want to plant at inch and three quarters. I've had growers want to plant at two and a half. Um, <laughs> you know, I like to. Uh, uh, the pocket knife I carry has a three inch blade. So I, I pretty much know uh, if I'm shooting for two inch, it's a good, uh, it's a good measurement tool to have, you know? Um, but I think that you don't want it to, uh, uh, I don't like planting shallow. I, I yeah. get scared if yep. we're anything less than an inch and three quarters, just because, you know, you know, we're planting normally corn, we're trying, we're planting in April. So we've got corn up by the, the end of April usually. And, uh, I've seen mother's day frost. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. um, 
I, w- I would rather uh, I would rather plant that corn. You know that that two inch seems to be uh, kind of a magic number. You know, but the other thing is is uh, we can shoot for two inches deep and get it planted perfectly at two inches deep, but maybe we have um, too much closing pressure on whatever closing system we have, and you know, like uh, squeezing a watermelon seed between your uh, your fingers, you kind of bridge that up, and next thing you know, you could possibly be moving. Uh, moving that seed around or maybe we're bringing more material in and now all of a sudden that seed we planted two inches is now at two and three quarters yeah you know so i think you have to take that closing into account when uh when you're looking you know i i know uh when i plant you know i i have two settings on my uh, on my uh closing wheels you know where i have them for corn and then i take it all off for beans yeah you know but we need to make sure that we're uh we're we're, we're making sure that that's the the proper amount which um, I think that's probably going to be the next advancement in planters is some form of a uh, uh, maybe an active closing system, you know, oh, yeah. to uh, make sure we're closing uniformly across the across the planter based on downforce conditions. Yeah, so, that, that kind of ties in, you know, to kind of wrap up. Uh, I, I guess I got three quick questions. What's your thoughts on seed firmers? You know, I, I know they can be beneficial in the right environment, but they can also be a huge cursor if you get into some average or, or wetter type environments. What's your thoughts on there? You know, especially after encountering 2020. So, so first off, if you're using, um, I'm going to call it any type of high, higher speed planter. So you're not, not a seed tube. Um, if you're not just dropping the seed, like we are with the traditional seed tube, my suggestion is to stay away from seed firmers. Yep. Because you're whether it be a John Deere Exact Emerge or some some other product out there, you're actually, in for lack of a better term, throwing that seed backwards. We're releasing in a rearward trajectory. Yep. And by having a seed firmer or anything that's right there that's in that in that way, you run the risk of that seed impacting that seed firmer or or whatnot right back there, and then it, it's going to have an effect on your uh, your stand, your your uh, your seed spacing. Um, you know, we want that stuff, you know, on a, you know, missing mid 30,000 population, you know, that's six inches, you know, seed to seed, yep. um, you know, less than that, you know, you're getting close to your neighbor technically, then they're weeds, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, they're not going to, they're not going to produce. Yeah. And, so, and, and, uh, you know, honestly, when we're talking about something that's delivering it, that's, that's not just, I'm gonna call it a free fall. I, I'm, I, I'm not a big supporter of, of, uh, seed firmers. Now, when we get to the, to the, uh, the seed, uh, the normal seed tube. Um, it's, I think it's almost user preference, but I think, you know, the, the seed tubes, um, if you held up pretty much any brand out there and you held seed tubes beside each other, they're all the, basically the same general curve because it's physics. Um, I would rather, uh, if we're worrying about seed to soil contact, I would probably address that through the, uh, the closing system in my eyes. Yeah. You know, we, we had a big, uh, uh, we made a big effort to get that seed at, let's say, two inches and then spaced out perfectly. And then we're going to run something over it that could possibly move it. Um, it could possibly push it a little bit deeper. It could move it uh, forward in the trench or even sideways in the trench. Um, I think, you know, the the next evolution um, in in corn planting especially is uh, uh, is seed orientation. Um, I don't know how we're going to get oh, yeah. there, but yep. you know, if we can plant every seed point down, you know, I think that's going to have uh, 
so that uh, that plant can you know start its life out in the right direction. So then a seed firmer could uh, reorient that. Absolutely. Um, I would rather take my efforts and then think about closing systems. You know, um, you know, uh, a rubber tire closing wheel does a really good job in optimal conditions. You know, uh, we haven't touched on you know uh, a spiked closing wheel or anything like that. That's uh, um. That's almost like opinions, but I don't think that it, uh, I don't think the spike tooth closing wheel is, is necessarily a bad thing because it's going to need that soil together yeah. um, and get that kind of obliterate soil that contact, trench, um, especially in corn. <clears throat> yeah, it does. It does. And, you know, um, and, and with that, with that, uh, and I, I've had a lot of questions. But, yeah. I, I was saying with that too, you know, you're talking about high I speed. I had a lot of questions over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, sorry, I, I was going to say to continue that conversation with the high speed planner. You know, I, I think we've had uh, a, a lot of adaptation, right, or, or, or adoption. I'm sorry with, with that. And so, you know, I, I know very little about. You know, I got a base knowledge on that. If, if you're dealing with the high speed planner versus just a regular corn meter, right, and, and delivery mechanism, is there anything above and beyond that that, that, a, that a grower should be looking at as far as maintenance with those, or or is it pretty self explanatory? It's pretty self-explanatory. You know, the one thing that we have seen as you increase the speed, um, the openers, you'll, you'll shorten the life a little bit just because you're going through that, that soil, you know, faster than five miles an hour. And it's basically the friction. Um, yep. If you're in a, in a abrasive soil area, it's going to wear through it. But it's the normal things. Um, if you're a no-till uh, situation, you know, I think the one added thing that you might see is a, uh, you know, if you have a coulter out front, that's going to uh, spin a little faster. You're going to have a bearing and wear and adjustment, those type of things. But um, it's the, if you think about it, a high-speed planter really is just, it's still a planter. We're just delivering things a little bit quicker. Yep. Um, so more, know, more the, wear and tear, that makes sense. In my experience, yep. It's just the things, it's just we're accelerating things. And we're not talking about cutting the life in half. You know, it's uh, it's just it's a it's a few percentage, and granted, it's it's going to be different. You know, uh, uh, you know, we've seen things. If we have a, a let's say a high speed planter that uh, only plants corn, the life of some of the wear items, you know, especially in the delivery system, lasts longer than if you plant corn and beans. Because you know, if you think about it, we're planting you know thirty thousand, thirty five thousand in corn. We're planting one hundred and forty thousand in beans. There's just that many you know seeds running past us. Some of those yep. delivery systems tend to uh, um, see a little bit, uh, accelerated wear, but, um, nothing that, uh, that's, that's terribly out of the, out of the realm of what we should expect. Yeah. You know, and, I and think the, the accuracy at which these higher speed or higher accuracy planters plant far outweigh oh yeah. um, the little bit quicker, uh, replacement of, uh, definitely. Of some of the wear items. Definitely. Yeah. And, and then my, my final question, you know, we, we still have some growers that, you know, maybe using an older planter, just, you know, the old box planters, maybe maybe finger pickup units. Is there, is there anything there that you would recommend, you know, could they quickly go through as far as wear and tear, replacement parts, what to look for as they prep for 2023? You know, the, the biggest part on a finger pickup is, is you need to look inside that meter and are all the springs together, are all the fingers together? Because if we have a spring that's broken in there, that means that it's not going to grab that seed. Your population is going to be off. You know, that's the accuracy. And that leads to one of the, the biggest things I could recommend to um, any 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 grower is to have your meters ran on a test stand annually. Yep. Okay. 
you know, just because it planted good last year doesn't mean that we didn't have a on a vacuum planter, we didn't have a, a seal dry out and crack, and now we don't have, uh, you know, sufficient vacuum to hold the seed on there or on a finger pickup meter. We didn't have a spray in there. We want to make sure that these things are set and and in prime condition. Because, like we said, we get forty average forty chances to do this. Um, you're missing two fingers off a finger pickup meter. You're you're reducing your your seeding rate, which then is you know more than six inches apart, which means we got a lot of space for weeds and weeds rob yield. Yep. Um, this is, <laughs> this is very good. This has been uh, awesome. Yeah, really very good. good. Do you have, I mean, I guess, Scott, I, I, I think we covered our questions. Do you have any other kind of key takeaways for our listeners, just best practices or, or things that are, uh, heavy on your mind? You know, I, I always like to, you know, I, I don't have the opportunity to farm on my own, but I like to caution guys that, you know what, we all want to, we all want to go on April 11th or April 12th or whatever. And, and it's like dropping the flag on the Indy 500, but I would say (laughs) that first field, let's take a couple pace laps. Let's stop a couple times. Let's, let's the worst thing in the, in the world is to, you know, go plant an 80 on that first day and find out that, you know, there was something that we could have addressed. (laughs) And you know what? I always tell folks, the end of the deal, we get done planting here in, you know, May or, or, or hopefully we're not still planting into June, but we get done here. Don't put that, that, that planter in a shed right away. You know, that's the best time to look it over. So you can be planning for, you know, maybe even summer maintenance where you put it clear in the back of the shed, or at least you got an idea of what you need to do, winter maintenance, things like that. Um, you know, the thing is, is I wouldn't wait till, uh, you know, April 11th and know that I've got a bunch of uh, gauge wheels that are worn out or things like that. Cause uh, um, you know, it, like I said, I keep going back to 40 chances. Yeah. Let's uh, let's make sure we're doing it right. And then uh, we make a couple, couple pace laps and then let's, let's drop the flag and then let's plant, you know, cause I think what, what is the, the deal? We can plant almost all the corn in Iowa in 10 days. And that is it's, it's a sprint, but we've got to get warmed up first. You know, we don't want to go take a sprint. We're going to pull a muscle or something without warming up. Yeah, man, this was, uh, this was a lot of good info. I feel like we definitely, you know, we planned as usual, we planned for like 15 to 20 minutes and here we're at 25. <laughs> yeah, you, no, it's, it's, it's excellent though, Scott. Um, if our listeners want, uh, you know, want to get a hold of you or, or someone at Van Wall, uh, to, to help, uh, whether that's planter settings or just more information, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? About the best way, you know, it's going to depend on their uh, their location. It's just call any one of the uh, 25 Van Wall egg locations across central Iowa and uh, talk to the service department, um, you know, and uh, uh, we can get a technician out there or some of the precision guys, you know. Uh, um, I would I would encourage not to uh, call the day you're sitting in the field because um, <laughs> it's a kind of a the hectic first few days. You know, we like to uh, maybe have some, you know, get out there and, and, and take that easy, that easy first day um, and uh, get going. And then everybody wants to start on the first day. Um, we know it's a hectic time of year, but uh, um, anything that we can get on schedule. So we're not uh, we're not playing catch up. But any of our van wall locations uh, basically go through the, the service department and we can get somebody out there to uh, to definitely help you get, get, get going. Scott, wish you a uh, safe and prosperous spring. We appreciate you joining us on the show. And uh, yeah, thank you very much, sir. Yeah, that, w- that was great. Really appreciate it. We are back with Scott Chismar. Uh, Scott is with Seavers uh, Equipment, uh, works with Case Equipment. So Scott, welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts. How are you today? Doing great. 
We uh, appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Um, we're kind of continuing our discussion around uh, uh, planter setups for the spring. Um, Scott, tell us a little bit about what you do uh, for receivers. I'm a precision farming specialist, so I do a lot with the, with all the technology, which gets me involved with all the planters and all the way through the plant season and harvest and all that. The last couple of years have certainly uh, prevented different challenges as, as it relates to uh, setting up planters and, and doing a good job delivering seed. Um, I guess give us give us your uh, give us your high level view of just maybe the important places to start when you're considering planter setup, and and then maybe we can uh, zoom in and talk about a couple specifics. But when you when you start thinking about getting a planter set up for spring, uh, uh, guide us through kind of where you start. Oh, the biggest the biggest things to check usually are uh, opening disc. Make sure your opening disc are um, where they should be. Um, don't have any bearings on the opening disc worn out or the discs being smaller than they should be. Um, you know, parallel arms, all that, all the bushings on parallel arms. Make sure there's not any broken bolts along with that um, closing discs make sure closing discs aren't worn out um, nothing is out of line everything's pulling straight looks straight bent um, any of the adjustment stuff needs to make sure it's free and moving i've seen a lot of planters that get liquid fertilizer on them and that sometimes turns into a nightmare with uh leaks and everything and season up parts on the planter oh yeah i bet <laughs> yeah, certainly the the salt is not <laughs> a uh, not a friend of the steel is it that can uh, no. definitely present challenges so so scott you you mentioned opening disc is is there you know often we'll, we'll hear uh, recommendations based on on acres is, is it as easy as you know if, if you figure a planter how many how many acres you cover in a growing season is, is it kind of that easy or is it a little bit more complicated when you start factoring in no-till in some other situations uh, a lot of it comes into, I, I don't think there's a good 5,000 acre mark or 6,000. I think it's ground conditions a lot of times and what kind of, what kind of soil types you're running in a lot of times affect the wear of those. Yeah. What, what are you looking for when you're looking at, you know, you mentioned opening disc again, you know, that, that's pretty important. Uh, what are you looking for? I mean, to make sure that they're within spec of, if they get less than a half inch, if they get more than a half inch from where they are new on the circumference of them, they need to be replaced. Um, you don't want them worn below that because that's going to affect your flat affect your seed trench and everything else that goes along with and how the seeds going in the ground. Yep. Another thing is the, uh, you know, to make sure they are shimmed properly and you've got the proper gap at the front of the, um, uh, opener as well. Yep. So, so Sean kind of mentioned earlier, you know, we, we've had 
I mean, over the last three years, we've had quite the, the environmental conditions at planting. You know, we, we've gone from extremely dry to extremely wet conditions here in, in 2020, you know, planting season 2022. What, you know, when I start thinking about the, those conditions, you know, we really start thinking about downforce and gauge wheels. What, what can you tell me about, you know, gauge wheel wear? And then also, how do, how do we know when we're proper, properly setting downforce in, in different environments like that? Well, depending, depending on the conditions, you're going to get, you know, if you've got too much downforce, you're going to, you know, potentially be pushing in that seed trench and you're not getting, you know, you're not getting proper seed to soil contact. Yep. Um, you know, a lot of the, like the new case planters have got closing pressure, adjustable pressure. So that's, that's came into play as you get into hydraulic downforce, adjusting the row, you know, the row unit down pressure, but you're also able to help the closing. And that goes into play with, uh, you know, when you're in no-till versus oh, yeah. conventional till. So, and keeping that seed in the seed transverse is coming on top of the ground. Yeah. Do, do those, do those gauge wheels wear out? Is that, is that something that you have to deal with and look for? The gauge wheels over time, yeah, will, but it takes, I've seen thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of acres usually before something on the gauge wheels usually need replaced. Yeah. You know, as long as more than anything, I've seen gauge wheel arms get bent. Yep. Um, or broke, you know, not, not necessarily the gauge wheel itself on there. Yeah. So, so thinking about other parts on a planter too, you know, we have the, the inner scrapers and, and then also, um, you know, the seed tubes, is, is that something that, you know, <clears throat> I'm thinking about all the, the, the different factors and just the little intricacies of a planter, you know, those are some areas where I think maybe don't get discussed as much. Is that something they should be looking at too? Yeah. The, we just had a planter in the shop that we're rebuilding now and we're, we replaced the, we play, replaced the opening discs. Um, the scrapers were worn enough to where they warranted being replaced. Um, there's also the firming point and the shoe at that point, the firming point had some wear and the shoe itself was starting to wear to where it's going to get into the, if we didn't replace it, it's going to start wearing into the uh, seed tube itself. Okay. And then oh, that's wow. going to cause, cause issues down the road with how the seed falls into the trench off of the seed tube if we didn't replace that. Yeah. Uh, another question that, that I, I get and, and, and one I think about, you know, we're, we're kind of in that transition where, you know, more and more growers are getting high-speed planters, Right. Is there anything uh, on those high-speed planters that we would need to look at and, and think about repairing and or replacing um, on those high-speed planters versus a, a normal, you know, just a, a regular planter with, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking at, um, corn meters, just regular old corn meters? <laughs> right. I mean, you know, a lot of planters that are the same as what they were when they weren't high-speed, um, they it's still the same thing. I mean, when you do an upgrade to precision planning to make it high speed, you're still using the same parallel arms and the mechanisms of that planner. Again, it comes down to where you 
really want to make sure again your bushings on the parallel arms and all the moving parts that are on that row unit are in good shape and taken care of yeah so i don't i don't necessarily think a high speed versus a standard has got a lot of difference there so when we get out into the spring, let's assume we've we've done the right things in in winter prep. Uh, we've gone through our planner well. We've we've replaced worn parts and we're set up and ready to go. Walk us through when you're in the field setting up a planner. What are the key components you're looking at um, as as you're as you're setting a planner for depth and spacing and those sorts of things? Um, naturally, going you know starting out uh, with the planner in the field plan a ways get our get our depth adjusted where we think on the it should be set you know plant just a little bit make sure make sure our row cleaners are doing what they should be not not making trenches you know doing what they should be so we're not adversely affecting the actual row unit itself and then from there actually stop and dig down into the seed trench and make sure we're putting seed in at the depth we are and the spacing that we need to be at for our population. I know it's a not necessarily a simple question to answer, but do you have a, a, a minimum and a maximum depth you like to shoot for a, a range you're comfortable with, or is that kind of a grower led uh, grower led preference? Oh, it's more grower. I usually let the growers make that decision yeah. for the where they want to be. If they tell me inch and three quarters, we'll make it inch and three quarters as best we can at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so Scott to rain to, I'll go ahead. Rain rain coming or not, and I don't I don't want to be the mother nature of that deciding <laughs> whether that's right. Yeah. <laughs> So, so to build on that, Scott, you know, we had in, in 2020, 2021 growing seasons, we had extremely dry conditions. So that there was, you know, we, we were struggling to get corn seed down to that two inches and, and, and then even pushing it to three inches just because we had such fluffy soil. You know, we had we had uh, instances where that soil was settling. And before you know it, we were an inch and a half. Yep. Do, do you have any recommendations if, if we get into dry conditions like that in, in the spring? On, on what to do as far as downforce. Cause you know, you can get in a scenario where it, it seems like you put so much downforce on that planter, you're almost lifting the units up. Right. So, so do you have any recommendations for, for really dry conditions? I mean, you, there's times when you're going to have to put more downforce to it, but there becomes a point where you do have to be careful there because you'll be adversely affecting that where you're raising the row unit up. So, I mean, at that point, most of that's looking at your margin of what you're carrying on the row unit and knowing that you're not putting too much there and lifting the row unit out. And again, in those conditions, you're going to have to see what, what depth you're at, because if you put too much, I, your depth setting, I, it's going to affect where you're at on that. Do you, do you have a number, Scott, when you go to the field that you you kind of say, hey, let's start it at this pounds as kind of our baseline and then adjust from there? Usually we're in that 125 to 150 pounds of downforce on that. Okay. And then kind of make adjustments from there. 
Yeah. In in heavy no-till, I'm going to say we're going to probably go up. I mean, maybe 175, depending on how how hard that ground is at that point. Um, sometimes strip-till, we can go a little less on the downforce because it's a little more mellow. But. Yep. What, one, one of the things that we've, I guess, really thought about is, especially with the situations we've been presented with the last two years, at least in central Iowa, we were extremely dry and had, you know, very, um, very porous and light soil that was tricky to tricky to kind of get a consistent depth. And then if you flip around to last year, it was almost the opposite. We were planning into some pretty heavy saturation and, and oftentimes probably pushing fields, maybe, maybe a couple of days before they were, were fit. And so I think for us, you know, really having some baseline numbers to start at and then encouraging growers just to, you know, within reason, go slow and, and, and make, you know, make, make observations frequently. It's, it's, it's frustrating as an agronomist to go out and look at a field and go, gosh, darn it. We started this thing either unfortunately too deep or, or more often the last couple of years, it's been way too shallow. And there's just, there's some of those things you can't really do a good job of covering up after the fact, you know, I mean, once, once, once that seed depth set, it's kind of there. So, um, Scott, any other, uh, this has been really good. Any other, uh, advice for our growers as they get ready for 2023? I mean, once any, again, it goes to the liquid side of things, make sure anything that if you have starter or two by two on your planter, make sure those, uh, all that is, uh, set up right. Because that will, I've seen that affect your depth and everything because when the, fertilizer parts don't move up and down it's going to hold yeah. your row unit up yeah I, i'm I'm curious before we go to scott what's your experience on on you know we it seems every year we get more and more people adopting reduced tillage or, or even no tillage in certain areas you know depending on moisture and, and soil texture what's your experience with no-till coulters is that is that something you think is beneficial you know it, it seems like that for the most part it's positive but there are some that, that think you don't need them yeah, the no-till coulters, um, in general, in my area, there are few and far between that probably run no-till coulters on anything very yep. often anymore. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Um, I, I think the call out, um, kind of a call back to the starter fertilizer and two-by-two systems. I know it is interesting every year. It seems like we get one or two phone calls where, Hey, the starter system isn't working. And, and oftentimes that's, uh, that's probably an omission from the previous season, right? Where maybe, uh, maybe it didn't get, uh, uh, cleaned up as well as it needed to. And, and so, um, certainly there's a, it's advantageous to get these things out, get them up and running before, before we want them in the field. I hate it when I see guys, maybe abandon a well put together plan uh, because obviously we get anxious to get the crop put in the ground. And if the starter system isn't working, sometimes we scrap the starter rather than, you know, rather than, than, uh, the next thing you know, it's nice and cold and the starter would have been. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So best laid plans require that work, but Scott, this has been really good. I I, I really appreciate it. Um, uh, If, if our listeners want to get a hold of you um, uh, how, what's the best way to do that? Either email or uh, they can text or call. Very good. Very good. And you are with Seavers. Uh, what, uh, where, where do you office out of, Scott? Auburn, Illinois. Okay. Excellent. 
Excellent. Yeah. Greatly appreciate, uh, greatly appreciate your time today and, and wish you guys the best of luck this spring and uh, good luck setting up all those planners. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Scott. Thank you for joining us on another episode of A Penny for Your Thoughts. We love your feedback. Please email us at apennyforyourthoughts at gmail.com. That's a penny, the number four, your thoughts at gmail.com. Or reach out to Andrew and I on our social media. Thank you for tuning in.